classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for its time, it was very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianson will surpass Halford as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome back, fans of metal. It's the Great Metal Debate Podcast, episode 32, December 2015. I'm your host, Gonthog, joined via Skype to talk metal with my co-host, Brian. If you'd like to talk back to us, please tweet at Metal Debate or send us an email at thegreatmetaldebate at gmail.com. Well, Brian, it's that time of year again. It is that time of year again. What time, you're asking? Because I know you're asking. Top 10 time. That's what time. Here comes the list of the best metal picks that we have for the year, the best metal albums. I know that I'm going to enlighten you, Gumpog. Are you excited about this? I've been thinking about this since, oh, I'd say back in July when I began to see how many incredible metal albums there were in 2015. Dude, there was a lot of great stuff that came out in 2015. Uh, Some of it towards the end of 2015 was the best. I probably revised my list more than a dozen times. There were three great albums that were clearly at the top of the heap for me, but then after that, a hot mess of about 20 really, really strong albums vying for those final seven spots. It was tough for me as well. I think I spent about a dozen minutes picking these albums, so I understand your pain, brother. In the end, though, I'm pretty happy. I've been left with ten albums, styles ranging from doom metal to power metal to symphonic metal to melodic death metal, and with bands from Canada, Finland, Norway, Sweden, and the U.S., well, as you can imagine, my list is various and sundry uh, genres because I'm a genre nut. Although I do think you might see a pattern. Thinking about my list, to make things a little easier, I decided to cheat by not even considering all the great EPs that came out this year. Just shoved the EPs to the side. So yeah, yeah. releases like Cryptic Hymns Gateways, oh. Xandria's Fire and Ashes, Seven Year Storms Aeon One, La Ventura's 2.0, and Dennis Sherman's Satan's Tomb, all of which I think represent incredible music from 2015, I purposely excluded from my list. You know, I could see that criteria. I love the Aeon 1. That is an awesome collection of music. That still left me with many more amazing albums that didn't make the cut, so I would be remiss if I didn't cite some of them as honorable mention. Uh-huh. Those would include Pyramids, Disciples of the Sun, Rivers of Nihil, Monarchy, Imperia's Tears of Silence, Beyond Duplication, a local band, Open Eyes, uh-huh. Phantasma's The Deviant Hearts, Hibria's Testure Metal, oh, that's a good album. Iron Maiden's Book of Souls, mm-hmm. Black Breath's Slaves Beyond Death, yes. and Amorphous Under the Red Cloud. All truly deserve a place on my list, but with only 10 spots, these were the odd albums out. You know, being the odd albums out for best album of the year, that's saying something, because there was a lot of great music this year. 10. Starting out at 10, I have the concept album Shattered Shores by Canadian metalers Silent Line. This is classic Canadian melodic death metal. Imagine Blackguard meets Crimson Shadows, and you have Silent Line. 
Shattered Shores provides impressive riffs and lyrics, painting a picture of isolation and woe. The vocals are engaging, guitar riffs are pummeling, and the drums thunder. Stronger than its two predecessors, Shattered Shores is well-deserving of a place in the top ten of 2015. Nine. While I can't claim to be an aficionado of doom metal, I certainly appreciate quality musicianship, and it abounds in this release, my number nine album in 2015, Sovereign, from Sweden's Draconian. These merchants of gloom deliver with well-crafted songs and impressive arrangements. Heike Langens and Anders Jacobson give stunning vocal performances over the plotting riffs. The instrumental work and backing atmospherics on this album are absolutely devastating, with track after massive track imploding your mind. Draconian have outdone themselves with this masterwork of doom. I appreciate talent, and I, lo- I love to recognize talent. I have some of those albums on my list, but plotting is the killer here for me. It's, a little, it's just a little too slow for me. Eight. After the departure of vocalist Elisa White Gluz, the Agonist returned in 2015 with Eye of Providence, featuring new singer Vicky Siracus. Although different in style and performance than Elisa, Siracus brings her own unique gifts to the Agonist that hint at an exciting future. The band continues with its trademark sound blending traditional metal, melodic death metal, and an occasional metalcore flair. For those who have seen the Agonist live performance, the energy is well captured on this album while still providing outstanding production value. A must-have on any top albums list for the year. This is a very nice album, and I'm actually going to reserve comment on this album for a later moment in the podcast. Hint, hint. Seven. My seventh best album of 2015 is The Seventh Life Path from Symphonic Masters' Sirenia. Morton Belland generates an amazing amalgam of metal, bringing in influences ranging from electronica to black metal. Island's voice is stunning, taking the listener to a trip through the operatic heights. Tracks like Serpent, Insania, and Sons of the North are as good as any songs they've ever created. This is an impressive offering from Sirenia, proving again that, despite what some haters will say, corsets are metal. Symphonic Masterpiece is an oxymoron, dude. This choice sucks. My God, when are you ever going to get off symphonic metal? That's all you talk about. I'm surprised you even had any kind of metal on this list. Now we really get to the crux of the kind of music that you like. Operatic singing. And you know what's coming. You know it's coming later on in the podcast. You're going to have some sort of bullshit instrument that has nothing to do with metal, and it's going to be the greatest thing you ever heard. Six. I was such a big fan of the Order of Chaos 2011 release, Burn These Dreams, that I was honestly prepared I might be disappointed by its follow-up. However, these Western Canadian meddlers have returned with a vengeance on my sixth best album of 2015, Apocalypse Moon. With Apocalypse Moon, The Order of Chaos has delivered a heavy metal album that builds on their past success and expands on its trademark sound. The twin guitar attack of Fallon and Satterley deliver a sonic assault on the senses, and Amanda Kiernan has improved her vocal performance with a greater range and more diversity of tone than she has shown in the past. With their latest album, The Order of Chaos have proved themselves as a force to be reckoned with in the new metal landscape. If I had a top 20 list, this album would definitely be on it. There's some young talent in that band. That band is excited about what they're doing. They're committed. They're touring. They're touring the shit out of it right now. Uh, I think they're over in Europe or somewhere. But uh, this is a good choice. I like this choice. 
It is a good choice. Let's marinate in the music a minute. Here's a track off Apocalypse Moon. This is the Anthem of Pain. I'm 
five. At number five, I have Nocturnal Resurrection, the debut album from California Symphonic Maven's Grave Shadow. Singer Heather Michelle unleashes blood and fire on her listeners with a variety of vocal techniques. She is one of the best new voices in metal, with a solid ability to transition between regular singing, growls, and classical vocals. The songs are impressive and engaging. Tracks such as Exhumed, Namesake, and In the Road of Desire deliver crushing power metal guitars sublimely supplemented by keyboardist Valerie Hudak's smart orchestration. In addition, the album features Primal Fear's Ralph Sheepers with guest vocals on the Doctor Who-inspired song Blink. A remarkable debut album from Grave Shadow and deserving of a top five rating. Four. At number four is the 12th album from Hyperblast Behemoth's Cataclysm. If you enjoy solid, workmanlike melodic death metal, you definitely need Cataclysms of Ghosts and Gods in your lunch pail. On this album, Cataclysm has slowed things down slightly, a move that has paid dividends with better compositions and more engaging songs. Tracks such as The Black Sheep, Soul Destroyer, and Hate Spirit all deliver precisely what the listener wants. With Of Ghosts and Gods, Cataclysm solidifies their credentials as one of the strongest melodic death metal bands going. I love Cataclysm. They just rock out, balls out, and this album is no different they really bring it. Definitely a great album. Three. Thomas Youngblood's musical genius is again on display in my number three album for 2015, Camelot's latest magnum opus, Haven. Picking up where its predecessor Silverthorne left off, Haven showcases everything we've come to love in Camelot. Amazing guitar riffs, beautiful symphonic sounds, and memorable lyrics. Plus, Camelot continues to provide some of the best guest artists with harsh vocals on several tracks, from Arch Enemy's Alisa White Gloves, and an inspiring performance by Delane's Charlotte Wessels on the song Under Grey Skies. There is not a weak track on this album, and many will go down as Camelot classics. Haven is undoubtedly one of the best albums of this year. Haven is an example of the talent that captures my attention. Youngblood is an amazing dude. He knows exactly what to put where in a song to capture your attention. I love the fact that they let Cobra Page of Cobra and the Lotus tour with them. I mean, you got to see them, you know, and, and talked about how great she was. They have an impressive array of guest singers and a lineup that just will not stop. Two. Those who do not yet know Unleash the Archers need to prepare because they are coming for us all. And their third studio album, my number two album from 2015, Time Stand Still, is an absolute monster. While Time Stands Still certainly pays tribute to the past with elements from classic metal, only the most simplistic listener would fail to see the complexity and depth in this offering. This is an album that pays its due to bands like Judas Priest and Blind Guardian without burdening itself with the limits of bygone eras. Britney Slay's awe-inspiring vocals are made all the more amazing in their contrast with Grant Truesdale's vocal fry. Beyond the striking talent and musicianship, the arrangement is genius with Frozen Steel, Dream Crusher, and the title track giving metal anthems that continue to unfold their depths listen after listen. Time Stand Still is a master offering. If only 80s metal could have sounded like this. Bite my ass. 80s metal did sound like that. I'm going to talk about this album more. You missed the best track on the album, but we'll talk about it later. One. 
The deepest solace lies in understanding this ancient unseen stream, a shudder before the beautiful. So Richard Dawkins' spoken word intro begins this breathtaking album, Endless Forms Most Beautiful, by arguably the best heavy metal band in the world, Finland's Nightwish. This iconic band that has produced masterpieces like Oceanborn, Wishmaster, and Once has done it again. New singer Flor Jansen, among the most talented vocalists in the history of heavy metal, amazes with her otherworldly performance and fits in perfectly with Marco Hitala's established whales. Track after mind-blowing track, Yours is an Empty Hope, Alpen Glow, Weak Fantasy, propel the listener through Thomas Holopainen's mind's eye. And the addition of Troy Donnelly's folksy pipework is the perfect antidote to the massive orchestration. The apex of the album is a 24-minute epic, The Greatest Show on Earth, that literally and spectacularly takes us on a ride through the history of the planet Earth. I shudder before the beauty of this masterpiece, without question, the best metal album of 2015. Mine is an empty hope. I'm just going to seal the windows and turn on the gas because it's hopeless for you if you think that this is the, one of the best albums of the year. I can't believe that you talk about how great this album is. Opera is called operatic for a reason. It belongs in the opera, not on the metal album. You picking this album at number one does not bode well for your statement that corsets are heavy metal. Let's move on to the real metal music of the podcast. Let me start out with some that didn't quite make the list. There were several that were close. I'm going to start first with an album called A New Planetary Perspective by the band Deviants. On that album, Michael Ulig has taken some very serious, very tough feelings and put them in the middle of some great technical death metal. Uh, also, Satan's Tomb by Dinner Sherman. Just an all-around great EP. And then finally, you're going to hate this, Gonthog, but this is a fun album. I'm talking about Dead Set by King Parrot that came out this year. I mean, these guys, they're great in concert. Their music is just kick-ass. It's one of those grab-you-by-the-balls-and-hold-on-because-here-we-go music albums. And uh, all of them worth talking about on the uh, top ten list of 2015 metal albums. So here we go. Let me start with my number ten pick. Ten. At number ten. Coming in, one of the greatest guitar players in the modern era of metal. One of the greatest uh, mixers and producers. I mean, this guy does it all. Stu Marshall's Empires of Eden, the new Architect of Hope album, is amazing. I, I don't know how Stu does it. He gets all these folks to play and sing and help out with his albums. And what he's come up with here is a mixture of pure metal. Distortion, speed, shredding, melody, you name it. And if you are a true lover of metal, real metal that started in the 80s and continues to now, you need to listen to this album, you need to buy this album and have this album. Nine. Now, number nine was perhaps one of the most surprising albums of the year for me. And I didn't listen to this band until you saw them in concert and interviewed one of the band members and I put this album on, and I listened to it. Now, you know me, dude. I don't listen to albums all the way through. I put on Black Breath's Slaves Beyond Death, and I didn't take it off till it was done, dude. These guys know how to wail. I love the guitars hammering over each other. This is an album of energy, intent, and nothing but pure death metal. Death metal's been something that I've grown into, and albums like this at number nine make it easy. Eight. 
Right here is the second appearance of Mr. Sean Peck on my top ten list, Cage, Ancient Evil. This is a concept album in which Peck has told a story, and the story is amazing. You know, I interviewed him uh, before this album got released, but he said this is an album where you need to turn out the lights and sit down and listen for the next 90 minutes. It's awesome. It carries you through so many melodies. It carries you through so many styles of heavy metal, pure power metal uh, involved at times, but it keeps you entertained for the entire thing. I mean, there's even a story that he wrote that goes beyond the story of the album. And I want to encourage you to check out Ancient Evil with Cage and Sean Peck. Seven. Coming in at number seven for me is a band that has sort of a new sound to it, going in a sort of a new direction, and that would be The Agonist with Eye of Providence. With Vicky Siracus, the new singer that replaced Alyssa White Glove, the band has taken not only a new vocal direction, but if you listen to the album, they've got a little bit of throwback on it. It's a little more melodic. It's a little more uh, traditional, if you will, but nonetheless just as hard and just as intense. The guitar players for this band are amazing, and it shows up in the new music. It's not like lead is the most important thing, but guitar is heavy and hard, and it carries you along as a listener. And Siracus's vocals are super powerful. I know you talked about it when you interviewed her, and also you've seen them in concerts twice with her. And so, you know, I knew it had to be something special. And uh, I think it's only going to get better with uh, Vicky Siracus and the agonist in the direction that they've taken. And I think I of Providence is a great start, a new start for the agonist. Six. And number six for me is a band that is absolutely one of the most talented bands that you're going to find on the metal scene today, and that is Cattle Decapitation with their new album, The Anthropocene Extinction. Now, I had the pleasure of seeing this band with Cannibal Corpse about a couple months ago, and, and I couldn't help but think as I watched them that these were guys that were super talented musicians, and you could hear it on every one of their albums, but on this one in particular was the one that I fell in love with. And watching them, they just reproduced it masterfully. And I couldn't help but think that I was watching them in the studio do this. It is so intense that it engages you on every level, and you don't want to stop listening to it. These are all great musicians that came together to put together a great album. Now, for some folks, Cattle Decapitation is sort of an acquired taste. For me, it was a natural taste. I mean, I don't know a great amount of guitar, and I don't know a great amount about music, but I know enough about it to know that these guys are good, and they reproduced it masterfully live. Brian, I've heard this album, and I've seen Cattle Decapitation live, and the Anthropocene Extinction just stinks, man. This is the typical mall core metal that is indistinguishable from any other core-type band. You know, dude, you're entitled to your opinion. One of the album covers of uh, Cattle Decapitation is where a cow is crapping out a human after being digested. I hope that you get digested by a cow's rumen and get crapped out because you don't know shit about music. Five. I thought long and hard about putting this album on the list because I don't want people to think that I'm putting them on the list because they're friends. I saw these guys in concert last year sometime uh, opening up at the Origin Show. My number five pick is Conduit of Darkness by the band Dysphorium, a band out of Louisville. Here is a classic case of musicians that are talented and intelligent 
and they put all of that talent and intelligence into an ass-kicking heavy metal album. I mean, the actual title track, Conduit of Darkness, is amazing. Vessels of Dionysus is intricate, detailed, developed. It runs through this smooth transition that ends up with, I don't even know what you call the singing at the end of it. It's almost like a chorus. And then they end the album on something called Epilogue, which is one of the greatest melodic guitar songs that I've heard in years. These guys have it all. Brian, I've seen Dysphorium as well. I think they're really talented. I wouldn't put them in my top ten, but I, I think that they are a very strong band, and I would not be surprised if in future years they don't produce an album that makes my top ten. Now, let me move on to number four. Four. We've seen number four on the list before, although you missed the best parts of, of it and actually need to get an education about what it really means. And number four for me is Britney and the Boys, Unleash the Archers, Time Stands Still. One of the reasons that a lot of albums made my list, and especially albums in the top five, is because it sounds like a tribute to 80s metal. This is an album that manages to combine pounding riffs, like in the 80s, with technical death metal from the 2010s. And they do it masterfully. Time Stands Still... Test Your Metal, Tonight We Ride, all of those have that classic sound, and yet there's more to it than just that. Britney Slays can lay down a track of vocals like nobody else. I mean, she's just got such power in her voice, and the growls accompanying it are masterfully done, inserted at the right time and in the right direction. There's nothing and not a song on this album that I don't like. Brian, I totally agree with your selection completely disagree with your analysis. This isn't screaming for vengeance. Some power chord laden, dumbed down 80s album. This is more akin to a painkiller. Meticulous notes being played by the guitars. We can leave that debate for another time. Let's move on to my number three pick. Three. You can't talk about this band without mentioning the talent, without mentioning the extensive musicianship that goes into this. I'm talking about number three between The Buried and Me, Coma Ecliptic. You know, you listen to a band like Between The Buried and Me from album number one all the way through to the current Coma Ecliptica, and you keep thinking to yourself, there's no way they can get better. There's just no way. And then they come out. I, I, I don't label albums like this just because not the way I think. This album is a masterpiece. Every instrument. Now, hold on just a second, because you're going to freak out a little bit about this, but every instrument adds to the metal, and yes, that includes the synthesizer. It's used so masterfully that even an 80s heavy metal, formulaic metal guy like me can appreciate it. This is one of the few albums that I put on my list actually based on comparatively to every other album of the year. The rest, well, I'll tell you how I made my list up later, but for right now, Coma Ecliptic is definitely at least the number three album of the year for me. To pick this album from your list, I assume you've just gotten out of an epileptic coma. I thought we were picking top ten metal albums of the year. This isn't even a metal band. This is progressive rock with metal elements. Well, it's it's the dumbest fucking thing you've said the whole pie. Are you serious? This is not rock? The Metal Archives guys used Between the Buried and Me as the primary example of the type of band that is not metal. 
They are not a metal band. Oh, my God. The guys at, at, at Metallica Encyclopedia don't even have Dangerous Toys listed as a metal band. How can you not have Dangerous Toys as a metal band? I, I think you just proved my point, Brian. God. I'm going on to number two. The hell with your opinion about number two. Two. At number two, 80s metal return. Saxon, who never left, has yet another great epic metal album. I'm talking about Battering Ram. From the first note of the album, you know this is going to be an album that is just sweet, power, heavy metal. There's no bullshit symphony. There's no synthesizers. If they are, they're tucked in the very back corner where they need to be. Biff Byford slams out the vocals, and the guitars are just pounding, constant, fast, hard, heavy metal. you got to love Battering Ram. So, let me move on. One. My favorite album of the year, Return to Heavy Metal the Way Heavy Metal Was Meant to Be Played, is none other than Death Dealer's Hallowed Ground. When I look up in the dictionary... 80s metal, when I look up in the dictionary heavy metal, when I look up in the dictionary power metal, there's pictures of these guys. Every track on here has a guitar solo. It has chorus. It has verse. It has bridge the way metal was meant to be. They just want to play heavy metal, dude. They don't care how you define it. They just play what they play. And screw you if you don't like it, man. This album is amazing. And every track on it is great. Dude, I'm fond of saying this. This album proves that I'm right with it. Heavy metal is all about attitude. As my offering of proof that this is the best album of the year, I want to play a track off this album. This is I Am The Revolution. He's freaking God, this insurgent 
there you have it, Gomthug. There's our top ten list of the year. I'm curious. You and I go back and forth on this a lot. What was your criteria for a top ten album? My criteria was, is it excellent music? I had a variety of bands across a spectrum of genres, many different nationalities. It was all about the quality of the music. Well, I mean, those are, those are good criteria, dude. It, but, but mine was more, was it memorable for me? Did it make me feel like I was listening to heavy metal? Quite honestly, my top ten list could change at any moment. But right now, these are the bands that I'm listening to, the bands that I remember, and the bands that I love. It does seem like your bands are somewhat limited. I mean, they just seem so Americanized metal. I know they're not all from America, but let me put it this way, Brian. There wasn't much of a European feel to your albums. I find that the American bands play less synthesizer and sing less opera. And are less metal. And I don't think it's a coincidence, Brian, that most metal fans are in Europe and that metal is big in Europe. Well, regardless of how we define it, there it is, folks. Our two top ten lists of heavy metal albums for the year 2015. That concludes the show. Remember, listeners, you can stream or download all our amazing content, podcasts, interviews, and fan casts at The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes as well as YouTube. And join in our debate on our Facebook page. Let us know which albums you think are the best from 2015. Send me a tweet. <laughs> I love that word. Until our next episode, sell your soul for metal and defend it till your dying day. <laughs>